You have to know St. Louis, Missouri. Levinson, Devson, Maine, Detroit, Michigan, Hampton, Virginia, Atlanta, Georgia, Cincinnati, Ohio, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, Los Angeles, California, Buffalo, New York, Boston, Massachusetts, Billings, Montana, Moscow, Russia, Nairobi, India, Kenya, I'm sorry, Nairobi, Kenya, I'm sorry about that, New York, New York, and Kansas, Missouri, home of the National Football League, Kansas City Chiefs. Too blessed to be distressed, Brother Aaron. Yes, sir. And we be joined by uh, Mrs. Scott. Chuck the boat the third very shortly. But right now, here in St. Louis, we can tell everyone the weather, the temperature has dropped. It's been in the 40s. We had a high of 85 yesterday. And so if you're on the East Coast, it's coming your way. So beware. And also, we are working live on FergusonUSAHotTalk.com, Fergus, uh Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We're working from beautiful, beautiful Woodson Terrace, North County, St. Louis, North St. Louis, and also North St. Louis, and also from Arnold, Missouri. And we thank you for joining us on this beautiful Saturday. We hope that people are sitting there right where you are. So anyway, right now, we will have a prayer with Elder Alvin Lyle, who is the pastor of the Walnut Court Bell Chapel Church, and located in North St. Louis at 55, 47 Lillian Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 6120. And we have to have Elder Alvin Lyles, Pastor Walnut Court Bell Chapel Church, located in North St. Louis at 55, was on Little Avenue 6120. The next one, we'll be there for prayer for these times. That of Alvin Lyles, Pastor Walnut Court Bell Chapel Church, located at 5547 Lillian Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 6120. Elder Lyles, how are you doing this morning? Yes, sir. Fine. It's by our heads. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. You didn't have to, but you did. And help me Father, you to bless the sick all in the universe. And Heavenly Father, we know you can do everything but fail. And we, and we know that you're going to make us have a wonderful fellowship with you this morning, this afternoon. And Heavenly Father, we know everything in your hand. You can do everything but fail. Yes, and sir. we just thank you for what you have done, what you're going to do, and what you're still doing. In your most darling son, Jesus' name, and also the Holy Spirit go all over the universe to convict spirits to be saved before it's ever too late. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Yes, sir, Elder Lyle. We thank you for that prayer. And also, I'm somewhat remiss. I need to thank Elder Lyle for uh, joining me this past Thursday as we uh, make a preparation for our conference. In April, we had a beautiful, beautiful fellowship and visit in a couple of locations. I want to thank you, sir. Amen. Thank you for the prayer also that you gave us also. <laughs> and on that note, Scott, the ticket for life is good. Thanks for joining us on uh, this beautiful Saturday afternoon on lunch with the Missouri Vegetable Coverage. My beautiful, beautiful Saturday, October 28th. Can I take it down here?
always the first time that we do stuff. And I apologize for your other allies because we left the best part of the day out next to our prayer. The message for the week. Elder Lyons, I apologize for that. Thank you so much. Something didn't feel right, so God, excuse me. Oh, no. Anyway, Elder Lyons, what do you got for us this week, sir? Uh, First Corinthians, the second chapter. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand by while I get uh, Brother Folk. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have Brother uh, Isles and Brother Folks on the line in just a second. Go ahead, Brother Allen. <laughs> uh, stand by, please. We're still uh, hitting technical difficulties. Thank you very much. Keep going. Keep going. We should this year going. All right. Number one said, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. What what Paul is saying here is that uh you have to be born again to uh talk on the scriptures you know like people think they can they, people read the bible everybody can read the bible that know how to read and write and all that you can read it but you can't comprehend it unless you're born again by the holy spirit that convicts your spirit in you to let you be able to relate with what the word is saying by rightly dividing the word that's why i'm in this lesson today and uh, it go on to say, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. See, it's not man's wisdom, it's God's wisdom. All wisdom and knowledge come from God. No beginning with God, God is the fear of wisdom and knowledge. 
when you become born again. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, man is, is, is in the, in the, got the spirit of error, where they want to make God's word say what they wanted to say. But it's, the word of God is the spirit of truth. Jesus Christ came when he came in with spirit, grace, and truth. And that's why, that's because you're born again. Not being born again is very important. And the word perfect don't mean that you can't sin. It means that you mature. That's why I said we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of the truth. Yes, sir. And all the say, how be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That's right here. This word perfect here means mature. Just like Adam. Adam was mature and he was made perfect, but he could mm -hmm. still sin. Mm -hmm. That's why he disobeyed God, because he could sin and he had some free will. Yes, sir, he did. Because they said Adam deliberately sinned. He, deli he knew he wasn't supposed to be eating up that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But he did it anyway. Because yes, he got he like his first father, which is Satan. Satan is all our first father. Satan is what causes us to do a lot of things. And without Satan, we'll do a lot of things. Because we're wicked when we're born in the world until we believe Jesus Christ died for our sin, was buried and rose again. Then we are passed from the transgression of God into eternal life. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that come to know. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They talking about like, even though when Satan know that Satan didn't know that by Christ going to be crucified, that he was going to bring the whole world into redemption. Satan didn't know that. Mm. People thought Satan was, they said he was, he was right up there with God. He knew God, but Satan could sin too. The angels could sin too if they decide not to obey God. But as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had appeared and had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, 
but which the Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. That's why you have to be born again. And the Holy Spirit don't do nothing but speak scriptures. And he ain't got And this is why people say, I got lost, and I didn't, I, I, I was born, I was, I knew God, and so on, so on, so on. You didn't know God. But look what this said. It said, but the natural man receiving not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why you have to be born again. But he that is spiritual... Judging all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For who had known the man of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the man of Christ. Amen. Yes. Wow, that's powerful. May the I'm Lord have that. a blessing to the reading here of his words. The Rev, on that, what you just read there, kind of go back in the county. I know you're elaborating going through it, but that is such a powerful. 16, 16 verses, okay, in that book, you know, in, in Corinthians, that, that just kind of explains a lot of misconceptions that, that, that we may have about, about life. Amen. And that is, is, is perfectly clear right, right there, okay, what's going on. Yes, sir. Wow. Like I said, it's right up on our nose. <laughs> yep. Everything we want to know is in these 66 books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is 366 books? <laughs> yeah, Rev, they know, and they, and they all have a message, okay? Yes, sir. That, 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 that we don't, that we're, that we're not ourselves, okay? You know, yeah. aware of, you know, right. cognizant of. Right. It's yeah. a lot of us don't know. That there's a lot of books of the Bible that we don't even know about. But God mm -hmm. knows. And the Holy know. Spirit knows. I know, Rev, you was talking right there about those angels, okay? But, you know, people have to understand that Satan, the devil, uh, was one of his angels, okay, that decided that he wanted to have his own way. Yes, sir. And, uh, and uh, God said, this is my house. In my house. This in fact, it is so interesting, Rev, that even then, that we all understand that our mother's and father's house, there are rules and regulations, okay? So my father's house, God said, hey, if you can't follow my rules, you got to go, brother. Yes, sir. And so he was destroyed, and he's been angry since then. Yes, sir. And he's going he gonna to hell. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but, yes, sir. And he can't yeah. repent it. He can't repent if he wants to. He couldn't even repent if he wants to. Because that was his purpose to be to bring sin, cause man to sin in the world. Yes, sir. Right. Well, that is so many you know, sin comes in so many ways, you know, it's just un unreal. You know, how you know it comes to us and through us, around us in all kind of ways. That we, that we have that we don't that we don't even know. I mean, you know, some yeah, that was back over two thousand years ago that some of this took place. Or most of it took place. Even today, you know, we still haven't got. We can't get it right. <laughs> Amen. 
That's why the scripture Ira said, there is none righteous, no, not one. All yes. have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's powerful, Rev. That's powerful. I heard that heard little cry wreck in the background there when you were reading. Yep. He was giving us an amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, anyway, Reverend, we want, uh, we want to thank you for that beautiful message and open up our eyes, you know, and we just thank you for the fact that God is alive and well on the song. And then, look, you listen to previous at USCHopTowerRadio.com, and we're broadcasting from beautiful, beautiful St. Louis. Uh, we, have, we have the counters around us, medicine around us, but all these places, we all are all one. So thank you for listening to Triggers in USA, HopTarion.com, <clears throat> and also thank you for streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and live. Life is good. Thank you. Got to take it out. on this beautiful Saturday in October. Matter of fact, um, this is a Saturday that we have Halloween, so if your kids go out or you go out with them, please, please, please be safe. Uh, and I do mean be safe, okay, because people are driving crazier than ever before. I know in this area they are, and uh, we have had a lot of hit and run, so please be with your kids if you can. Don't let them go out by themselves. And also, let's be careful that you go to your own neighborhood, places that you know that you know so please 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 really uh, I remember a uh, caveat to that yes sir go ahead Scott uh, the word that I've received is that uh, fentanyl is coming into the United States under the guise of Skittles yes. candy so parents yes, yes, please yes. be aware of what you're uh, giving to your children after they get their Halloween haul right yeah kind of check it first okay before you know, because right now that fentanyl is something that's really, uh, in fact, you know, it's coming in so many ways, and they're figuring different ways to just uh, distribute it, and they found out that put it in candy, which you know is really detrimental. Uh, the devil, that the devil did it right there, gentlemen. Take my word for it. Okay, so please, please, like Scott just said, be, be, be aware of that, you know, and uh, we just thank you that. Uh, you know, you ever heard that? I mean, in, 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 but in matter of fact, wherever you're going, okay, make sure if you come across any, you know, years ago they didn't have needles in, 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 you know, in the, in the candy nowadays, but these things they're doing now is more sly, 
more secretive and more deadly. And I do mean deadly. God said the law can lead to death. You know, and that's a serious thing if that kid gets it. So that can real crazy, don't hesitate. He can say, I'm ready to go right away. Right away. Right away. Anyway, I was, <clears throat> this has been a very, very busy news week. Uh, one of the things we talk about every Saturday is, okay, that uh, the, uh, the season is uh, here in St. Louis, I can say that the weather has changed the cold. We're in our fortieth day, and but it was said that the uh, cold season is really upon us, and we think people make sure they get their flu shots and each pneumonia shot if you can. But also, most of all, we, we need to ask you to please get your uh, COVID-19 vaccine also, because now uh, you know, uh, you know uh, there's not enough to get the vaccine. You know, I think over 15 million have received you know, the, you know, the, the vaccine so far. And that's out of 300 million people. So that means a lot of people should be taking cautious right now. And also, on that note, we said kind of wear your face mask to be safe. You know, take care of your own self and make sure that, uh, you know, you know uh, a lot of stores right now uh, are catching COVID and they didn't wear their face masks and they didn't get the, uh, the, the vaccine. So please, don't be one of those numbers. Take care of your own self, please, please, please. And also, uh, one of the things that we said, wear your face mask, you can wash your hands. That's very important to anybody. And we learned as a kid, please continue doing that. And also, um, you can social distance when you can, but I know it's kind of hard nowadays. And we're in back in the our fall sports, and then that's kind of hard to separate yourself from all the people. But also, uh, one thing we ask you to do also is you're praying. Please uh, pray for all the people they were affected on October the uh, 7th this year when the uh, Hamas invaded Israel and a whole lot of people got was slaughtered on both sides. And we thank you, the Father, that you continue to bless them. Keep them in your prayers because right now, uh, you know, they have started a, a ground invasion there. And, uh, and they're having press conferences now saying, that these, these uh, invasions, and I say ground invasion took place overnight, and we have a lot of, lot of dead people, a lot of wounded people, you know, and also when these bombs fall, they don't know if they fall on a kid, a baby, adult, or whatever. I mean, but we do know there's been a lot of injuries taking place, and we're not sure now how this is gonna go. But most of all, we pray for all the people that's in that region in the Middle East. If you look at your maps, you can see that Israel uh, and the Gaza Strip is right in the middle, middle there. And also, you can see by your friend, not just for the Israelis, but also for the Palestine people who, who got put in this war. <clears throat> Nothing of their own doing, just because Hamas settled in there and, and bitted themselves. They have tones there. And so, uh, but thank God this past week, we had some hostages that were released, two Americans, and also another family. So we ask you know, just to please continue praying, and, you know, and keep those people, those families in your mind. And also for all the, the nations that are around there, we pray that Iran does not get in the middle of this. Uh, we pray that, uh, you know, <laughs> that the, the Egypt and all the nations there, you know, kind of, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, again, look at your map there, and as real as I, was, I said last week, uh, this is nothing new. Uh, uh, the Gaza Strip was, 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 create, was created 
all the land that was, that was given to the to Israel back in, I think it was 19, what, 68 or something like that, 48, 49. And so now we ask you that, uh, please pray, pray, pray for these people, you know, Israeli and Palestine, because they had, this is a war that uh, is, is about to you know, uh, escalate to a high, high thing there. And also, uh, having said that, one good thing that's taken place this past week uh, in our country has been a problem for, for a little while here is that we didn't have a speaker in the House now. And so the House representatives is where all our um, um, bills, our money bills take place. And so now, after almost a month now, we do not have a speaker of the House. Uh, that's Mr. Uh, Mike Johnson, and he's from the great state of Louisiana. And uh, <clears throat> he's been in Congress. So for a little while now, and so we ask that you uh, pray over him and his family. And also, for people not aware uh, that he's you know, uh, a Christian man, and right now we hope that, uh, that, that uh, you know, again, that give him opportunity to do the right thing and and, 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 and hold him up in prayer. You know, because the Bible said, pray, pray for your, you know, your, your, your leaders, right? And he's in that category right now. And also this week, he's already met with, my, with President Biden, King Jeffries, who's the border leader in the house. And, uh, <clears throat> and so now, right away, they're all trying to work now to uh, get some bills passed, uh, you know, that, that will take place, you know, get some money you know, flowing to uh, our debt, make sure the government doesn't have another default. So he has a lot on his plate. And also, uh, this week, uh, the state of Maine, oh my God, it's a new wide open. Uh, the shooter, uh, who has been found dead, by the way. But before he was found dead, he had killed 16 people. I think 18 people had been, had been shot. And uh, he was an experienced shooter. Uh, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, he had some serious mental issues. He had just lost his girlfriend. He just lost his job. And that's something for mental people who are in good shape to take care of, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. uh, but it's, and there was some of the problems there and they found the body uh, yesterday, uh, just last night. And uh, I said, we did not quite sure when the body was found, but they, but they reported last night in the press conference about 1030 last night. Uh, and, and right now we just pray for the families that have been lost, uh, have lost loved ones, the people who have no, no, and they have funerals up there in, in the state of Maine now. And at this point, we can't, we, we're not sure what is uh what is what is what, what is going on here you know what i'm saying and matter of fact this this is mass shooting in maine it's a five it's 565 of the mass shooting we have had in this country this year 565 the minimum 565 and the number is still growing up growing okay because we have some other shooters this this this, this week there was other that magnitude three or four people have been murdered in different places. So again, please, please pray. And also, uh, while we're praying there, uh, we ask you to you know, think about the people that we have down in, uh, in the hurricane path, uh, down in the, in, in the Gulf. Uh, hurricane always hit uh, Acapulco, Mexico, Nevada. It's a damage and killed at least 27 people. And now the top of storm tapping is developing in the Caribbean and maybe our, our next, our next, uh, uh, next, uh, yes, you please be aware of that. Okay, hold on. Hold on one second. Okay, just please be aware, okay, of what's going on down there. 
and also in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we are uh, happy to say, well, not happy to say, we, we report that of all the four trials that President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, is dealing with, the Atlanta case, the RICO case, uh, brought by Wooden County District Attorney uh, 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 Fannie Willis, has found has now she had 18 or 19 people that were originally was charged. Now we have that number of four have decided to plead guilty. And the, and, the, and the important part of that is about three lawyers that were very instrumental in, in creating the situation of the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the lawsuits that were brought. Well, they have also pleaded guilty and we've testified. And also in, uh, in New York City, uh, New York State, I should say, the, uh, the, the, the fraud charge that was being brought by against Donald Trump, he's the one that he shut down his businesses. Well, he's been fined $10,000, previously fined $5,000. Give it a, a gang order saying that he should not be able to, uh, you know, talk about the, the clerks, the judges, and their families. What he did the second time, I guess a, a black lady that's the judge, and so she, uh, judge, uh, also, uh, England, uh, found, you know, fined him ten thousand dollars. So, right now, we don't know what else going on, and also in DC, and also, you know, so in DC, the trial with Jack Smith. Continues to move forward, and also some other good news here. The uh, Supreme Court ordered the state of Georgia to resolve the congressional district map, state Senate and representative map, which also means the city map, meaning that this the state of Georgia will have an additional congressional black seat. This coming Congress coming up, okay. And also there are about twelve states that had had filed the same charges, the same uh, filed for the same lawsuits. So now uh, them to also have you know a equal representation. And one last note: the uh, the, the UAW strike is successfully so forth against four. They're seeing a great increase in package of benefits. Now the, the uh, GM strike expands to General Motors' largest plant, Tampa on strike this week, and also at the largest single plant for Chrysler on Monday. On that note, uh, this is the lunch of the Missouri Chamber of Commerce on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, October 28th, right before Halloween. So we ask you to please be careful as you go out. And also, we ask you to say thank you for joining us on a beautiful Saturday. My name is Ira, folks. That's God, that's where we'll be right back with our beautiful guest. This is the lunch of the Missouri Chamber of Commerce for a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I'll take it out of here.
Welcome back to lunch with some good human comrades on a beautiful afternoon around the world, and we thank you for for listening. Also, we have a we've been this month, I should say, we have had a very special month that we're in a conference we had NFAT human comrades in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, back in August. Uh, we had so many of our uh, African friends from, from the country, the continent, I should say, that came to our conference. That uh, was for over sixteen hundred people that attended that, that conference. That uh, I was moved to feel that we need to honor them and give them some, some appreciation and thank to uh, our leader, Chuck uh, the Third, and also, but most of all, to our national uh, trade coordinator, international coordinator, uh, Mr. Uh, Fredrick Anderson, uh, who has so graciously put together some outstanding guests. You know, for this series that we get, we have, get, we have here, and also uh, we would miss about this. Uh, thank you, Mr. Anderson. Congratulations on your new book that just came out. We will talk about it a little later on in the show, but right now we, I'm happy to have, uh, as I guess this week, uh, Miss Shanika. That's it, right? Shaquana. Shaquana. See, that's why Shaquana. Uh, been on the shack. Uh, uh, TV. Now she she wears many 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 hats. Okay, uh, not only uh, did she has her own company for the National Human Commerce, but she also was was one of the people that coordinated our conference we had in Atlanta, Georgia. I want to think of doing that so great successful conference also. Uh, can I call you Shaq? Shaniko, how do you want to do it? So my name is Shaquana, but you can call me Shaq. Shaq, Shaq, right? I'm missing it already. Yeah, and I heard you, Shaq. And I, if you would, if you would mind, let me have the pleasure of kind of, kind of how can I say, introducing my colleague because uh, um, Shaq is a very what I call well-known expert in the international trade community, and I, I want to say that I'm pleased that she has um, also served with me on the served with me on the committee of the National uh, Black Chamber of Commerce International Committee, and I want to thank her for that, serving as vice chair of the National Alliance of Black Business International Committee, helping um, the organization put together that what we call an astounding international component of our conference yes. the yes. conference and she had, needs no introduction right but i always like to kind of layer it in because i would love for shaq to kind of give her formal introduction because she does it so eloquently that i want your audience to kind of get a sense of who uh, sequana teasley really is uh, my sister shaq it's, it's on you my sister Oh, thank you so much. So my name is Shaquana Teasley. My colleagues call me Shaq, and I'll tell you a funny story because everyone always asks me how did I get the name. They say it's a strong name, uh, but no, it's not a childhood name. It's actually a name that my family is not familiar with at all. Uh, I had a team, I had a team that was reporting to me about maybe 15 years ago in China, and they had adapted American names, and they had names uh, like julie and sally and frank pretty common american names and mm -hmm. they would address me by name ever and one day i said no one ever says my name on this call and they said that they don't they don't know how to pronounce the q u is not they don't recognize the q u now and no matter how many times i said aqua qua qua is your qua <laughs> uh they just did not they just they just i don't feel bad i don't uh Jack, I don't feel bad now. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't, right? So they said, so I said, well, you guys have to address me as something. I don't like to not be addressed at all. So come up with a name that you're, that you're comfortable with and let's talk about it, like jokingly. The next time at a conference call, it was during the time frame where Shaquille O'Neal was playing in the Olympics in oh, China. Wow. 
and they had a picture on a PowerPoint presentation presentation with Shaquille O'Neal dunking dunking the basketball and they put uh, Shaq on there and they said we want to start calling you Shaq because you're a beast <laughs> and, oh, wow. and it just stuck and then here we are maybe 10, 15, 12 years later it's, it's just been uh, the name that has just stuck with me ever since then and I find it fitting it is a strong name and I am a beast so I accept that with honors how did Tanika get into it? So my name, my my name is Shaquana Shaquana on my birth certificate. Shaquana, Shaquana. Uh, okay. The, so it was that's just the name that was uh, given to me. Okay, the given I, name. Okay. And I love it. So thank you for the introduction. I appreciate that. So again, uh, you know, people call me Shaq in the industry. I am the CEO and founder of Agate Solutions, and Agate is a beautiful zone that represents peace and solace. So it is our mission to bring a solid solution to the complexities of international trade. I've been in international trade for approximately 20 years. I specialize in free trade agreements. Some you all might be familiar with, like AGOA. I Mm -hmm. specialize in duty, import compliance, customs compliance. I convert domestic warehouses to foreign entities. Uh, I'm pretty much an expert in anything uh, as it relates to the movement of goods globally, the policies that we have adhere to to do that, and all of the operations and supply chain as well. My organization is a educational institute, which is accredited. So we teach supply chain end-to-end and international trade. Wow. And we offer consultant services to international businesses that are importing and exporting or nations that need international trade strategies to capitalize on international trade agreements and duty saving opportunities. We've been able to recover over $32 million in duties. Yeah. So we're pretty proud of that. We okay, Chad, let me stop Explain it. Um, listen, when you said duty, what does that, what does that mean? So duty translate into the word tariff. It also translate into import tax. So no different than going on vacation and buying souvenirs and bringing them home and having to pay duty on them. But when you think about that in a large scale for like lawnmowers or chemicals or textiles, the duties are extremely expensive. Okay. And so Ira, you can now see why I uh, we had the pleasure of bringing Shaq on as the last part of the series. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Yes, you, you know, you know, Shaq. Go ahead, go ahead, Miss Hans. Because in our previous conversations, you know, I would always refer to myself as I'm kind of like the introduction to understanding international trade. But you should always seek out experts, and, and Shaq is one of the experts that basically, as he has so eloquently explained, that's a true requirement to kind of truly getting into what I call the details of doing international business, and and that's where some people are intimidated. And they hear all that's required, and that's why we, we like to soften them up by by how can I say me talking to them so they can say let's approach Shaq. And so now all the things that we've been talking about the past three weeks, I think Shaq yeah. will be able to demystify when it comes to uh, Goa, the, the uh, tariffs, the, the custom trades, the logistics of everything. And so Shaq, again, we thank you for being here, and I just want to kind of let you know that we we've been teeing this all up for you, so the listening audience will now be a little bit more how can I say palatable to understand all the details and expertise that you bring to the table. You know, you know, Shaq, before, before, uh, 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 let me say this, okay. Miss uh, Anderson has been a, has been a, a, a jewel in, in putting together a team 
for the last three weeks, okay, that went through all the steps, you know, from the, you know, from the broadcast to, you know, to go out and to just, you know, trade people and doing business and stuff. And laid out a great, a great, a great setup for you because now we have the experts <laughs> that come to the table and, and, and give us a lesson, you know, and simplify it for us. Because on your, on your, on your vow, you have done it all, girl. You know, and I think you, you can be called a beast. You know, and I understand that. <laughs> okay, so what's the program? Just to give you some ideas, Jack, some of the folks that you know that were on the program. Uh, we had uh, Dr. Beats, we had Bernie Martin, and we had Mama Faye. Those are all the people that preceded you. So uh, to, to talk about the uh, international trades, so going from the creative economy to um, actually uh, doing the, uh, radio, media, and then also... Yeah. Uh, so now I think the hard goods, I think that you pretty much are, are really, um, I guess, an expert in it's just teed up for you. So, so again, welcome. It sounds like you all have built a luxury vehicle and all you need now is the engine. <laughs> uh, I, I, would, I would have to agree with you because now, uh, along, as long as Mr. Anderson did with the expert he brought to the table, with no people that understand now how do, how do I, Work with you know with these people that we have heard about. How can I be safe in my dealing with these people, and how to make sure that if you want to bring something in or bring something out, you mention the word duty, uh, the tariffs. That's a very important word that people will hear over and over again. So to make sure that they're that they're doing the right thing, they go to different countries. And I think right now you're probably very adverse, uh, okay, on the on the the laws, the different translations and all that stuff so i'm happy to have you on the show i appreciate that i'm happy to be here this is the fun part of my job <laughs> well well here every said it chuck we have fun that's where chuck relaxes okay and so we want to relax and so now if you be so kind <clears throat> well yes i guess tell us how you got started in this if you go back you know where you go to high school and then just that's the thing that people say, what house did you go to? So what did you go to? So I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I graduated okay. from Graphic Communication Arts High School, which was a few blocks from Radio City Music Hall. Wow. Okay. And, the, and from there? And then from there, uh, I, I actually graduated high school on my 17th birthday and moved out of my parents' apartment on the same day into my own apartment. I, wow. I uh, worked in retail for some time and then was trying to figure out a way to go to college. We didn't have any college graduates in our family, so there was mm -hmm. no one asked. I didn't know any college attendees or graduates, and mm -hmm. same thing. It was a very rough high school, so I don't really, really, really know who my guidance counselor was. But um, I likewise, was, likewise, okay. Right. So I started. Uh, I started my first corporate job uh, right across the street from NYU at an insurance company, and I was literally pushing the mail cart around the office, and there was a bunch of black man that approached me. And he said, he, he approached me and he said, what are you doing here? How old are you? Why are you not away at school somewhere? And I said, <laughs> I go to school, but I don't know how. And uh, wow. he arranged with the VP of HR for me to have a half day off. And he took me to a local community college. Uh, wow. And when I 
that they gave me a tour and they allowed me to take the entrance exam right then and there. And so I went to a junior college in Coney Island, uh, right on the beaches of Brooklyn, which was na- uh, the name of the school was Kingsboro Community College. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, he, him and his family sponsored for the first semester. And then he pitched to the organization we worked for for a scholarship program to pay for me to go to school. So, well, you know, Matt, what, what was the name of the organization you, you went to club? It's, you can have both the gentleman you talked about. The name of the company that I worked for was Amalgamated Life Insurance. You might have heard of Amalgamated Bank. Oh, yes, right, yes, uh huh. Uh huh. And then, and they were right right in the heart of New York, right, not far from the World Trade Center, uh, right by, mm-hmm. off of. Then uh, New York City, I'm sorry, New York University campus in the village. And his name was Otis Lee. Uh, he was born and raised in uh, Delaware, lived in New York City for many years, and, and then retired. And, and he was a former Black Panther, and uh, he came from nothing. And I think he just related to me. He had kids that were uh, very privileged to pick the schools they wanted. And right, like, right in a beautiful home in New York City and I had grew up in the projects in New York City and I think he took a liking to me because they had everything and no one went none of them took advantage of the of the education that was being offered to them uh, and mm-hmm. here I someone trying to figure out how to even gain interest so I did two years at Kingsburg Community College and he helped pay for one semester and then the job offered me a scholarship they gave me an exam wow. Take other positions, so I became an underwriter for one of the largest insurance companies uh, in New York City. And when wow. I graduated from Kingsboro, uh, I asked them if they would help me go get my bachelor's, and they said, "Well, we only can agree for you to go to this one particular school, but you have to serve the union." So I, I was a shop steward for a, a large union. A yes, local yes, yes, yes. And union I was 18 years old, and I was a shop steward. Come on. But they paid for me to go to Queens College, and I got my bachelor's degree in social work. And uh, I was a social worker. I left that job when I was a social worker for about five years. How were how, how you? How were you by this time? Uh, when I uh, so nine eleven happened my senior year, and we were there. So me and my job uh, colleagues at the time, we were there. It was election day, so uh, we were physically right there when nine eleven happened. And then uh, oh. so that that was my senior year of high school. I'm sorry, oh, of, uh, wow. college, sorry, of college. Uh, anyway, so I graduated from Queens College. I was about 24, 25. I worked full-time in the day from 7 a.m. to 3, and I went to school from 4 to 10, four days or five days a week, and the company I worked for uh, paid for everything. I never even saw an invoice. They even bought my book. Well, 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 Shaq, let me stop you because you, you, have, you have such a beautiful story that you tell okay, but... Uh, talk a little bit about nagging that one, okay? Because that was something that actually changed our entire world, okay? You know the way we did something, everything. Uh, how did how how did that day affect you? How, where were you living that that when that took place? That morning. I I had just gotten off the train in Manhattan. I got off the six train, which is Astor Place, and it was mm-hmm. all a coffee stand right there. So every morning I would chit chat with you know the usual people on the line business professionals um, and I got off the train and I ended up being the last train to probably enter the city because when I got off the train and I'm talking to the guy making my coffee he said uh-huh. doesn't the plane look really low and I turned around I said, oh my god yeah 
I said, yeah, it's like it hit the, it could hit the building, and boom, it hit the building. Oh wow! And then immediately, I just thought, oh my god, you know, I was I was a shop steward, and it was election day, and I had a I had assigned my colleagues to work the election polls in the World Trade Center, so I felt. Oh no. So I was about 24 around this time, and I had food and shoes and a backpack full of books because the semester had just started for school. Uh It was a footlocker directly next door, and uh, they knew me because I had worked there for so many years, and they literally just gave me a pair like Keds or something. And I Uh I literally began to run all the way to the World Trade Center, which was like maybe eight blocks, eight New York blocks. And when I when I began to run towards it, the building was on fire. It took me years to even be able to talk about it for so long I couldn't even talk about it. I'm and sorry, then, I mean, well, no, it's fine. Yeah. No, it's fine. Okay. It's taking years of uh, you know work to be able to even have be able to verbally tell the story. Mm-hmm. So I can understand. I, by the time I arrived to the site, I was trying to find my colleagues, and. Mm-hmm. And then no one ever expected another plane to hit, I'm sure, right? And then another... Uh, no, we didn't set the first plane to hit. Right, exactly. So now here we are. I'm trying to find my colleagues. I had a my best friend worked in Brooklyn, lived in Brooklyn. I had convinced oh. her to allow her son to go to school in Manhattan. For oh, no. So now I felt responsible. I got to find, find him as well. Anyway, yeah. so the, the second plane hit. Uh, uh, and we were very close at that time, and you know, I, I, it was traumatic. I mean, at some point, you can start seeing people jump from the building. One thing oh. that's outside of the trauma of the day, uh, one thing that really stood out for me that there was a, a, a man that was uh, literally doing oil paintings with his fingers, and throughout all this chaos with first responders and people, uh-huh. he was on a large canvas like a uh, maybe oh, wow. a circle of a canvas canvas he was docking uh-huh. art oh my god Through oil paintings on his pictures so once the at some point we saw the building begin to sway and it was one of those things that you thought your mind was playing tricks on you like did that building move did it move i think it moved yeah 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 you know how you watch a scary movie or a drama filled movie you're like run 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 i get it now right because if i would be like why are you still standing here and didn't think the building was going to fall. I started to find, you know, find some of my co-workers throughout all the crowds. Uh-huh. And then when the building began to sway, it was so many uh, first responders, fire department, they started to scream, everybody run, everybody run. And they began to run too. And the building began to totally buckle in the middle. And we all began to run. Uh, and then you, right before the building was falling, when it was swaying, you just started seeing business professionals, victims of the day, jump out of the building. And oh when it all the, the smoke covered the city so quickly that you couldn't even see what was in front of you fast. And we all began to run, and I ran into a parked car and just fell. And someone oh looked at and dragged me out of the building. And I was covered in blood, and we just couldn't figure out where the blood was coming from. Anyway, we got with my coworkers, we got everybody together we began to walk over thank god for that yes thank god for that we began to walk over to yeah. brooklyn bridge after the second building fell oh wow um, 
We began to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge. People were you know, you know, you know Jack, Jack, that was a blessing <clears throat> right there, okay? Your bravery that you didn't think about your, your own self. You ran to get your coworkers, okay, that you had assigned to the building, okay, that you had the thought of mind, you know, to, you know, to be focused in. That's a leader right there that you want to yeah. that you assign to your people and you want to make sure, first of all, that they say and they can, you got an hour. That's that's a that's a. Um, Show me right there. Check it. Every time we talk, it's always a new connection that I find because uh, years ago, my office was in One World Trade Center, so I used to be on the 99th floor, and I used to watch. Oh my God. I used to watch planes fly close by as they cross up the Hudson River, and then it was like, mm, you know, one day this might happen. And actually, on that day, on that 9/11 uh, day, I was uh, living here in Brooklyn at the time, and I had an 8 a.m. meeting scheduled at 111 Wall Street, which is like a quarter mile away from that location. And I was watching the television when that first one hit, and and I had mm -hmm. colleagues that were still in that building. And I too said, let me rush to the subway because I know it's going to be kind of chaotic, and people probably need someone to kind of direct the way to go. And they had to uh -huh. shut down all, all of the subway systems going into um, the Manhattan area. And I was trying to reach some of my friends. And you might have been running with some of my friends because one of my friends tells that exact same story, Shaq. And uh, he had to walk from uh, um, being at a coffee stand, looking at the plane, seeing it's closed, seeing it hit, wow. and start running, and then being told to run away, and then having to walk all the way back home to Brooklyn. But uh, it, that, that, that day has bonded a lot of people. So I think it just kind of pointed another um, connection wow. that you and I have always had, Shaq. Yeah, thanks for adding yeah. to me. It changed my life. Yes, yes, yes. Back when I got over the bridge, I was covered in blood. And once you get to the end of the bridge, first responders was right there to treat me. Because people, it was an extremely hot day for New York for September. People were passing out. Yeah. When we got right, to the end, right. the paramedics were at the end of the bridge. And they just hosed me down with water to try to find where was I bleeding. And only right, right. I was about to ask about that. Yeah, right that it was never my blood but i did uh i did i did really hurt my knee pretty badly because i with me running into the car but i had uh -huh. no, had no open wound so we don't even, i don't know who blood. god hey he's around you girl oh yeah my whole life is full of favor jeez and blessings i mean oh, oh my god you got caught the rear speed what happened then now you got washed out yeah, I just they just they just rinsed me off and realized the blood wasn't mine. But we did see that my knee was swollen and black and blue. So the grace of God has always been on my life. I mean, my entire life story is one that um, it's remarkable. It's 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 a miracle. It's and so I can, that's one of the reasons that you know I, I wanted you to kind of bless us with your story because I think it, it lets people know that uh, you come from whole beginnings and then find yourself like you and I were in India at the Taj Mahal doing. So, 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 fill in some of those okay, 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 right now, okay, Mr. Alex, you kind of got us ahead, okay, so now, uh, Shaq, okay, after this 9-11 event took place, I'm quite sure, during that time period, okay, uh, how, just, just that alone, okay, how long did it take you to, uh, thank God that you didn't have all that effect from the smoke and the, you know, the brick and what have you, but after you got, what happened after 9-11 after in your life? So after 9-11, I really didn't want to live in New York no more because there were so many other things like, you know, UN threats. There was a bomb in World Trade Center. Right, I could understand. Yeah, when I was in high school, there was a World Trade Center bombing, right? So I just, I, and I grew up in a very violent environment, and a mm -hmm. violent 
a violent environment, it very, uh, and I just started to feel like I don't want to live in New York anymore. That's and graduated from Queens College, and, and right at, I was the first graduating class after 9-11, and I knew mm-hmm. I didn't want to live in New York anymore. I just didn't know where I, where could I go. I really believe that everyone had lived a similar life as I did. Mm-hmm. Then, but my my baby brother had moved to Atlanta for college, and he decided to not mm-hmm. come. So I bought an '88 camera from my next door neighbor after I graduated college. I was about 27. I bought a 1988 Camry from my next door neighbor. I had never driven. <laughs> I didn't know how to drive. I took my I took some driving lessons. I got in an '88 Camry, and I drove to Atlanta, Georgia. I lived in that, and that's how I started my career in international trade because I was a social worker prior to that. I moved to Atlanta. I did not want to be a social worker in the state of Georgia. It just was, oh, no. Yeah, it's just it's almost yeah. impossible, seriously. Anyway, I won't go there, but I just. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know a lot about that myself, and I, and I, it's a total shock coming from New York, okay? I totally, truly understand. Uh, it's a shock, period, the way they treat people down there. But go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I moved to Atlanta and I took any job I could get because I just did not want to do social work in in that state. Mm -hmm. So I went through a temp agency and they sent me to work at a company called Yellow Freight, which is one of the largest trucking companies and freight. And when... Who just went bankrupt, by the way. Yes. Well, yeah, they did. But when I... They're also a freight forwarder. I think their trucking business went out of business. I don't want to get into the particulars because I don't know enough to talk about it. But I remember when I was. What were I doing? When I was. I just wanted to say when I worked for them many years ago, they were in the phase of acquiring roadway. And I only worked mm-hmm. for them temporary employee. But what many people don't know is they're actually a freight forwarder that specializes. Mm-hmm export of goods distinctly to the Caribbean. They're not just a trucking company. Oh, wow. So when I'm okay. going, um, first of all, no one would call me. I couldn't get anyone to call me. And the guy that works for the temp agency, the staffing agency, he called me and he said, Shaq, I, he said, he said, Shaquana, I don't think anyone's calling you because of your name. He's like, Shaquana is a different <laughs> name in the South. So we have to change your name yeah. and your resume back out. So I said, okay. So he changed my name to Shay, S-H-A-Y, and he redistributed my e- my uh, resume to the same companies, and those same companies called me in for an interview the next week, including Yellow. <laughs> so I was inside of the lobby, and they're calling people names to interview them, and they're like, uh, Shay, Shay, and gotcha. I'm like... Gotcha, gotcha, that's me. <laughs> Ma'am, is that you? I'm like, oh my God, that's me, right? Anyway, uh-huh. I got the and it was my one of, pretty much my first uh, job here for the most part. And I wasn't doing well there because we was having so many cultural differences. That everyone made fun of how I spoke. I speak too fast. I sound like a Yankee, blah, blah, blah. Uh, culturally, it was very different. Seeing the women be very domestic, bringing in like crock pots of food and catering. And there, I had never seen anything like that before. But there was a, a a man near retirement there. He was from Miami, born and raised, and he just took a liking to me. He brought me to work with him down in the uh, terminal to, to start processing customs documents to export goods. And that was my first mm-hmm. start industry. And I wanted to go back to get my master's, but you know, didn't really know how to figure that out. Right? I, I wanted to go for 
like I've had done in the past. But anyway, uh, so I end up having various careers, uh, various, sorry, various different jobs within trade, within chemicals, Lockheed Martin, Rescue Aircraft, Home Depot, Mizuno, global entities. And at my last employer, I, uh, they, I had gotten a call by Sikorsky Aircraft, which is the manufacturer of the Blackhawk helicopter and the President okay. helicopter, and they manufactured Cold Score helicopters, and they offered me a position to move to Connecticut. And so I negotiated my master's degree uh, and, uh, okay. and moved to Connecticut. Come on, girl. Come on. So yeah. I- you, you have a story that your story has been uh, amazing. This, but go ahead, please. This is exciting. So I'll go backward later in all the different companies I worked for here in international trade. So now I'm working for one of the largest defense contractors in the world. Uh, I moved to hmm. Connecticut. I get my, uh, immediately when I get there, I start applying to the universities that partner with the company. I get accepted mm-hmm to the University of New Haven to get my master's. And within a few months, maybe a little less than a year, the company made an announcement that they were being acquired by Lockheed Martin and they can no longer honor the agreement for me to go to school. So I, I begged and pleaded and they gave me a year to finish it. So I finished a complete master's in 12 months and worked full time for the largest defense contract, and I was managing their international trade compliance department globally. Uh, and I did that pregnant at 39 years wow. old. my God. So I worked in the day. I went to school at night. I had a great fiancé, which is my husband now. I had Congratulations, okay. <laughs> I had a, I moved there. My oldest daughter was only four. So we were, we had a five-year-old. Five year I was pregnant and going to school at night. And, you know, that's why I know that my story is nothing but a blessing. I give all the glory to God. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a, blessing. It's a blessing. huge blessing because huge even, blessing. even to be pregnant at 39, I had had eight miscarriages prior to that. Wow. And so I was pregnant at 39, working full time with a very high demand career. I was going to school at night maybe about three or four nights. And then I went to the school and told them that they're discontinuing our tuition. I'm having a high risk pregnancy and I can't be on campus. So I partnered with the department head to support her throughout her PhD and her dissertation. Mm-hmm. Took my rest of my classes the last semester or so online and was able to double up on classes weekends. And I thank God that, you know, <laughs> the baby is six years old and I was able to get my degree and, um, once I finished school, I knew I didn't want to stay in Connecticut. So <laughs> I got married, and we had never sold the house in Georgia, so we stayed in Connecticut for about four years uh, mm-hmm. to come work for the office outside of Atlanta uh, for Lockheed Martin. And then I had a very uh, traumatic experience there, so I decided mm-hmm. to resign from there and start my own business. Wow. Jack, if you ever have time, <clears throat> okay, you can write several books about your life. Oh, yeah, we I mean, have about 0.2% in this story right now. Okay. You know, I thought I had interest in life, you know. I mean, similarly, you know, I worked in trucking in uh, as a doc woman, not about what, 21 years old or something, I think about 24, 25 years old, you know, for 3M company. 
you know, I was a shop steward, you know, became part of the, the team from Local 688, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the company, you know, you know, and uh, 3M, you know, and uh, I was about to move to Atlanta with them, okay, and I decided I got off into radio. Uh, thanks, you know, to uh, 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 Jesse Jackson, you know, anyway, but anyway, girl, uh, and such, you know, you talk fast and I talk fast. I like that. And uh, so now, how do you how, how do you come for the manufacturing commerce? What's that piece in? You know, you just not people often judge people by their appearances quickly, right? You're short, you're tall, mm-hmm. you're fat, any, you're old, you're mm-hmm. young. Uh, but you know, people I think just don't know what to think, right? But because of the way I look, right? People assume that Shaquana, word Shaquana, right, has been has given its own ism at this point, where people expect Shaquanas to look a certain way, right? Like someone mm-hmm. when they it was like. Uh, people call you should name they quad, don't they? And I was like, no, they don't. <laughs> so, but people have an image of that, like you're gonna look this way, you're going to talk this way. But I have uh-huh. been three college degrees, multiple certifications for absolutely free. Congratulations! That's a book right there by itself, girl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I can you girl. I, I, you truly, you truly a uh, black female. That uh, has distinguished yourself uh, through the hardest of times, okay? Through the hardest of times, and God has kind of put you under his wings. And not only that, I'm going to see, well, I'll talk to you about that later on, okay? But he's put his wings around you and put you in his nest, okay? And has nourished you and blessed you to be where you are today. Now, how did you become part of the aspect of commerce? I became a part of the NBCC. I had uh, a mutual colleague that was uh, more focused on global logistics, and oftentimes we would collaborate on uh, different uh, perspectives in the industry. Mm-hmm. And he 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 said, you know, Shaq, you're the only black woman that I know with this level of skill set in international trade. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Really, you really are a benefit to the black business community, and no one even knows you exist. And I was like, no, that's not true. I was like, people know I <laughs> But he meant distinctly the uh, the chamber. And, uh, and, and he said, people need to know that you exist because these international trade missions are occurring. People are doing trade missions. Businesses are interested in doing business with other nations. And mm-hmm. no we don't have anyone that's advising on international trade affairs or policy or regulations or customs. So, mm-hmm. and, and he said, you know, we really need your support. And uh, I, I was not even familiar with the National uh, Black Chamber of Commerce or any chamber, really, because I had been in corporate and I think I was really in a tunnel to some degree. Uh, anyway, he, he said, well, I would like to introduce you to Charles DeBow. Oh, I had, my God. I had no oh. idea. I had no idea who Charles DeBow was. Uh, he did express to me that uh, Charles DeBow had experienced great loss uh, only mm-hmm. a few months prior, and we were during. Oh my God. So he said, "I would like to arrange a call," and I still had not really understood what great loss he meant. I didn't know anything about oh the yes, yes, So yes. I, I had I really walked in blindly. And he introduced us on a Zoom call, and so I got to meet him, you know, virtually and see him. 
And that's how and I began to learn more about the history of the NBCC and the losses that he experienced, that our community yeah. experienced. That's my guy, and, yes, yes. And, and as he began to express to me uh, his mission, the goals of his family, why the NBCC mm-hmm. started, what is the mission, what it is that we want to accomplish, what the vision was, mm-hmm. I, immediately I felt like I was supposed to be there. Like everything that I had worked for my whole life, everything I had worked for my whole life had finally felt like God had prepared me to be able to use this knowledge and skill to a community, to uplift the community, to increase their margins, but to show them the strategies to not just think, buyer seller people often think mm-hmm. i buy a good i sell a good across the across the country and i'm successful but uh mm-hmm. we can really suffer in in thinking that way because we don't have international trade strategies to be sustainable in our progression yes. of our businesses so uh chuck, charles devoe also known as chuck we hit it off immediately we just seem to have so many synergies and what meant a lot to me and i never told you this fred and I'll, I'll share it here publicly is that what made me decide ultimately to be a part of the leadership of the chamber was that i felt so valued for so many years oh my god yes i've worked so many companies i've recovered so much money for them i've done so many things and i never felt valued i've just felt robotic and auto autopilot and no one knew I existed, they just like push, you know, I was just like the push up, push it, push it, push it, like push a button, let it go. Like and he valued my expertise, but he also valued me as a black woman. And I, I, it's important to say that because we we have different challenges and it's been, and it gets swept under the rug. And he, uh, he he didn't know my story, but he did see he didn't know my my history and my background, but he did know, uh, you know, enough that he knew that, you know, the, the, the black business community needed my support. And I did, too, because I had I had just resigned not long ago from corporate America and began my own business. And he saw the value of my quickly. And, and, and you expressed you express that value and appreciation, uh, Shaq, when he was t- talking, um, I guess, months later about the, the International Committee and kind of reconstituting it. And he was like, there's a young woman that basically has a wealth of um, warmth, experience, and information that needs to be shared. So, so I think it's just something that happens in the camaraderie of the chamber that we really are looking to be appreciated and valued. And I'm happy that you saw that because that's, that's something too, Jack, that I, I saw in, in dealing with the Charles, the boat, myself. So uh, we're, we're kind of seeing the same thing. But you know, Fred and, uh, and Jack, uh I had a chance to, to, uh, to meet and get, get recruited by uh, Harry. No, no, that ain't Harry. First of all, we were talking about the loss, okay? Uh, Chuck, first, the first thing we lost was our leader, uh, and our, when our co-founder was uh, Harry Alfred, who joined the NASDAQ team of Congress in Indianapolis, moved it to, uh, to D.C. And uh, we lost him, you know, we kind of, he would have been sick then, after he died, we lost Katie, his beautiful wife, who happened to be Chuck DeVoe's sister. And, uh, and then during that time, you know, I, you know Harry had <clears throat> recruited me and Katie, and they recruited me here in St. Louis. 
you know, and uh, and loosen me up, you know, and just, you know, Shad, listen to your story, okay? I understand that a little bit better now, okay? What my mission is here, how how they were sending to me, okay, appreciating me. And but during that time period, uh, Chip and I had, had mobbed it because I broke up my neck and I got this radio show back in 2015. And because I had a radio, I had a, like Chip, a real diverse background. And so uh, I started this show on the, on the station that was kind of brand new. Uh, out of Ferguson, you know, the, 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 you know, the trials we had in Ferguson, Missouri at that time. And the station came out of, out of that. And so they asked me to come there because I had a background and brought by this. And so I asked Chuck, okay, hey, Chuck, hey, I need to be for my program. And he was saying, I said, I want to you know, promote the National Academy of Commerce. And so 2015, we do this every Saturday since then. And I've got to know Chuck, you know, and appreciate Chuck. And so I know and understand very well, okay, what he saw in you, okay? He can see the best of anybody. You know, he's very much a visionary. Because our global ambassador, okay. So now we know right now the people he can work with now is becoming more clearly about the thing that his vision, okay, that he has had for quite a while. And you guys are kind of the ways right now making his vision come true. I know I said so I said for him, okay, and I, and I said for all of us, you know, in the chamber, thank you so much, for, you know, for saying yes. And we all value you so much. I mean, uh, the conversation that is in Atlanta, okay, was unbelievable. You know what I mean? This you're talking about around the world right now, okay? I mean, so your skills and they're not limited to know what you do in trade, but you but you, but you kind of collected a lot of people. Well, I'm right for it and brought them all together and made a very successful conference. That's a great conference, you know what I mean? Beyond my imagination, you know, to see the people that you had there, how it was well-coordinated, well-timed, the guests, I mean, the stuff, you know, that's going on, it was fantastic. So I took my head to you right away because I'm about to call you okay, hit me on our conference we were having in April here in St. Louis. <laughs> but anyway, Shaq, please go ahead. You know, uh, that's okay. You met Chuck Bow, okay, go on from there. So I, I met Charles and um, he began to talk to me about uh, some of the things that were the mission and vision of his family, uh, uh, you know, before they passed. And I started immediately to see the gaps that was missing in the chamber, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. the trade yes, perspective, uh-huh. and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we gotta, we could tighten." You got up. this. You said, "I got this." You said, "I got this." Yeah, yeah I was like, "I got this." Yeah. Right. So, that, right. So that that's been, you know, that's been really a great thing. So that led to me meeting Fred, of course, uh, and then uh, me accepting to be his vice chair for international. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I um, I lost my dad on New Year's Eve this year. Oh my God! Oh my God! Yeah, my prayers. So I sent an email. Uh, thank you. So that that that's gonna have, have me back for that story. But so I lost my dad on New Year's Eve, and we had we had did not bury him until February. So I oh had to go God. back to New York to, you know, where a lot of trauma exists, and I hadn't been back in many many years, not distinctly to. Not just simply to home, what we call home, right? And yes. I sent an email letting the chamber know that my dad passed away and I'm just going to be out of commission for a minute and I really don't know how long. And they didn't just send me a heartfelt, a heartfelt email. No. Uh, what I appreciate was Fred, when I was gone for a long time, I mean, 
uh, all of January, all of February, I think the end of February or early March, I sent the email just letting everybody know that I was, you know, gradually coming back into the office. And mm-hmm. Fred called me and he said, well, uh, it was my responsibility to make sure that you had something to come back to. We going to India. I said, what? <laughs> and within the next maybe week or two, uh, sometime in March, we were headed on a trade mission to sign the MOU with Dickie and uh, you see the Taj Mahal. And that moment was very special for me because I had just recently went back to the projects I grew up in. To the apartment I oh, my oh my god oh my god oh my so god so many things that i had not had to actually uh step into especially during COVID, right and uh-huh. to be eight so it was very it was it was fast at that point but it was a moment of uh, i felt so proud of myself to at that moment i literally was just in the projects that i grew up in in brooklyn less than a week ago and then i was on a, a flight <laughs> on my way to paris to end in uh, India, and I saw the impact of my expertise in India. I saw how much I was needed and valued and what I could do to help minority businesses, and I just felt really proud of myself. And, and I know. Uh, if, if you will allow me to elaborate a little bit on, on our go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. one of the things, it was our initial fact-finding mission to India as we looked to partner yeah. with the lead Indian Chamber of Commerce of Industry. And uh, and so we took what we call our, you know, initial CSL team of experts. And so that's where, you know, Charles and I said, <laughs> you know, you got to make sure, you know, Shaq will be available for this trip because we know that uh, it'll kind of open up what I call our eyes even uh, further, not only professionally, personally, and for the chamber, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, for the universe. And, uh, and when, when we got there, and that's what some of these trade missions do. You know, they're, they're life-changing. Uh, we, we, we got there, and uh, and we, we saw a, a truly different culture, you know, that started off by going to a conference called IndiaSoft and uh, basically saw a lot of the different uh, Indian sectors that were there that are looking to provide um, so, uh, what is considered technical services from the IT mm-hmm. sector. And they, they really received us as, as a african-american businesses that they really want to kind of connect with um mm-hmm. but then after that conference we had the pleasure of the, the lead leadership the dickie leadership who truly embraces us and as we've talked before on the program the, the elite indian team of commerce uh, and industry they're comprised of what's considered the black or the darker culture people of india now mm-hmm. there's roughly 33 million people that are strong here in the u.s that fit that that we call african-americans okay but imagine there's over 225 million people that did that in the India economy. Oh my God! That basically is 1.4 billion people. And so, oh and so God. we started interacting with them. They they shared their actually mission and drive. It was following that Martin Luther King um, basically trail. That was something that right. the chamber has kind of spawned out of. And so, so huh. during that trip, we started meeting with their. Um, leadership, they have other members, and they took us to one of the um, businesses, which was a shoe manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And like, when I just say this, Shaq just started looking at it and started just saying, oh, you guys need to do some of these little tweaks to kind of make your product a little bit more, how can I say, palatable mm-hmm. or custom. Okay. And, 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 and that, that spark, okay, that spark, I, I, I won't steal the thunder, but they said, hey, Shaq, 
can, can you give us some more assistance on, on doing some other things? And, and, and then that's what we said. We need to think about that. So, Shaq, I don't know if you want to tell a little bit more, but the, the, that experience, like, I think it was, it was, was really, really beneficial because when I was sitting back just watching you interact with them, it made me feel like I'm happy that my sister is showing, you know, the world, you know. Yeah, I know. I feel it right now. I feel it right now, yeah. So I think that people think about international trade and their first thought is policy. Their first thought is the legalities between the two, between multiple countries or multilateral or bilateral countries. Mm-hmm. I think what they don't think about is the operations and how do you excel around the operations of international trade? Because mm-hmm. manufacturers and sourcing agents, they're manufacturing goods from all around the world. And they have to be able to figure out how to move them around the world. But most importantly, what's the most important is making sure that that product that you're importing or exporting mm-hmm. is actually classified property. So let's do a quick exercise. I want you guys, each person, to just name something that you can see right now, like anything. It could be your phone, your microphone, a car. Tell me something you can see right now. Cell phone. Okay, give me something. Okay, so we got two electronics, right? So now mm-hmm. think about you have on a shirt, you have on pants. Uh, all these items primarily are being imported into the United States. They all have to go through what's called the classification process, which means they have to be classified in order to move. That classification determines the duty amount. It's very complicated as well. But depending on how you manufacture your goods or re-engineer the goods, that could be the determining factor of how much duty you pay and whether or not you qualify for a GOA or any trade agreement. And just like that, oh, if you don't do that don't, process... Don't, don't jump over GOA, please. <laughs> go ahead. Let me go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We come back. We, 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 we got Shaq wound up. Let, let it loose a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm letting go. I'm letting you go. I'm going to follow. Let me follow you. Go ahead. So the point that I'm making is if you don't build your strategy for international trade around your duty spend, then you're not really capitalizing on the margins that your company can really make. Therefore, a GOA may not seem beneficial because you're getting the bare minimum opportunity out of that trade agreement. So what Fred was describing was when we was in India at the shoe manufacturer, I immediately can see that they're using too much leather. I can immediately see that they're having too many stitch counts on one side of the shoe. I can see that the sole of the shoe was too thick to qualify for certain regulations. And I began to give them, give them some insight. That's my body, boy. Go ahead. I began to give them some insight into some minor changes that they can make. And they, I was advised how they can take their duties from approximately 9% of the value of the goods to around 4 to 6% of the value of the goods, which is... Wow. Which is a lot, a lot, and 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 that's where and that's where you know, uh, basically, them understanding that you know gave them the desire to say there are a lot of businesses part of their membership, you know, um, that could use those services, which gave rise to the question, well, you know, don't you have people in India that do this? And literally, you know, it was like, well. No, we did. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but by the, the expert.
expertise that Shaq was able to just kind of demonstrate, you know, and again, by just for conversation right now, the sign mm-hmm. of, of an expert is someone that can take a very complex situation and mm-hmm. break it down so that a fifth grader can understand it. So she just made right, that right, sound right. very simple to us, right? But as she mentioned in her explanation, there's some complexities to it, but she makes it so that, okay, I'm comfortable and understanding that if Shaq is on my team, it's covered. And that's what the um, leadership of the Dickie said. Hey, she's part of our organizational management process, <laughs> and we feel comfortable if we want her to participate. And, and that's when we're currently in conversations about trying to open up some added uh, relationships with the, 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 the lead chamber in India, actually in India. And we'll save that for another day. But, but, but which I think also leads into the conversation of the global technical, technical training program that we're looking to launch the National Black Team of Commerce, which is centered around um, international trade and agate solutions, leadership, Shaquana Teasley's expertise in international trade. So, Shaq, you might want to mention that a little briefly there as well, since we're kind of teeing up your knowledge, if you don't mind. Right. So, we have, uh, within the chamber, because we it's our responsibility to see the needs of our membership, which is Black businesses, and be able to offer them the areas that we can support within the skill set that we have of our leadership. So, in order mm-hmm. to be able to help our minority businesses, particularly Black businesses, be able to increase their margins, they have to understand the supply chain if they're doing business globally, even if it's mm-hmm. a certain whether it's a service or a good that you're importing or exporting. And so what we've decided to do is offer a huge benefit to the NBCC membership and allow them to have access to Agate Trade Academy. And Agate Trade Academy now would allow them to learn this the ins and outs of supply chain, the documentation, the legal documentation, compliance, and then different strategies, you know, to be able to really capitalize on the opportunities that they're they're merely aware of but not really capitalizing on. So we'll be uh, rolling that out soon to make sure that our membership has access to training tools and education tools and all these international resources to ensure that they can have better global strategies to compete and win. Now, Shaq, let me kind of jump in here for one second, okay? I'm not sure you're aware, okay, but here in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, we have over 300 global corporations that, 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 are based, that are based here, okay? And they do business all around the world, the base that, that, you, that you talked about, okay? Now, 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 having said that, uh, they they have uh, outreach over here that 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 allow your clients, okay, uh, of our membership, okay, will probably not have access to. But it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's money. It's a, it's a, somebody told me a long time ago, it's a burden that's on the ground that's waiting to be picked, okay. And I'm, I'm going to introduce you to that a little later on after you got here, okay. But think about that: three hundred global corporations. What kind of opportunity is right Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a lot of thought. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of communication about the diaspora and uh, the importance of connecting Black businesses to other Black businesses. Uh, you know, yes. in the mother in the motherland, and you know, I recently did a mm-hmm. trade mission to South Africa, Ghana, and Nigeria, and during mm-hmm. that 
time, I, I, I went prematurely with the notion that, oh, everybody is going to see my value and they're going to need my help and it's going to be, it's going to be easy for you. They need this. But I got there and I realized that sometimes people don't know what they need until they're in trouble. Amen to that. That's just, that's a real thing. Sometimes people don't know they got to have insurance until they need that payout, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. people don't realize they need to be educated until they realize they're not qualified or they're making ignorant decisions. Sometimes people don't mm-hmm. know they need PA until they're screwed up and owe a lot of money, right? So yeah, what right. I had to learn as a business owner, still within my five years, of my first five years of business, but what I had to realize is that although I feel like I have the car that sells itself, right? I'm the hottest car out here. You just need to get a ride if you can. I realized <laughs> that although people are familiar with a GOA, and some of them are benefiting from the preferential treatment of a GOA. They're not maximizing on a GOA because they don't know the strategy to ensure that they qualify and that they increase their margins. And I think for that, uh, I am needed. However, people have to know the story of what what the outcome could be without having this knowledge. Wow. No, and, and, and that's a, you know, one of the things that kind of motivated me to kind of publish that some other, you know, that conversation into my book, because one of my clients that I started talking to and people that started knowing me for doing business internationally, they would come up to me thinking things, you know, that was like, they've got problems. And it's like, everyone's bringing the problems and, and they're in a need because they didn't do the proper preparation and planning. And that's why, you know, mm-hmm. deciding to kind of put something together, like doing international business. And for me, I think it's, it's one-on-one because, as I said, you know, there's different levels of expertise. And when you speak to Upshack, you know that she understands the logistics, the customs, the duties segment, which is complex because a lot of it's detail-oriented. But you've got to realize that you've got to bring in experts. And, and that's where, you know, I always say to, to Shaq, we talk about, you know, you've got to literally promote you so that we can help people prevent problems from occurring so they can even understand the value at value that, um, that you bring because as she shared with you in the beginning of the call she worked with a number of major corporations and helped to save them a significant amount of dollars on their yeah. customer uh-huh. circumstances so uh, so that's that's one of that's one of the amazing things that to that point she's you know I got solutions is a training business that basically helps to introduce people that are in the logistics and customs and um, international space, how they can improve. So Shaq, please elaborate on that a little bit. So, so that this morning to get a sense of what you're offering. Thank you so much. Shaq, Shaq, before you say though, can we introduce you what Rafael just said? You tend to simplify things that may, it may sound complicated. You written down on a, on a level, you know, at least in most newspapers are written on the eighth grade level, okay? You can take complicated things, okay, and make them real simple. Right, and actually, what you described, we we call the shack breakdown. So what okay, I so, okay, the shack breakdown, like okay. Yeah, we call it the shack breakdown, and that's the reason that we've taken our our, our entire mission into education because. I've taken a ton of international trade courses throughout my career, and the education is more complex than the practicality of the operations of the movement of goods. Uh, So I find myself worked with many consultants and, and, and training programs in the industry, and I realized that they're designing these programs to benefit trade attorneys, 
or people that have some yeah. knowledge in the area and people yeah. really yeah. be giving practical experience, operational experience, and then policy and affairs. Because we can advocate for new policy, but if you don't know how to benefit from what you're advocating for, then we got a whole bad situation. So uh, in my education institute, we teach uh, these core things. First, we teach what's called the intensive, which is an end-to-end. We teach sourcing of products from other countries. We teach all the, the quality, end-to-end supply chain, documentation, the legal things you need to know, classification. We teach you supply chain, warehousing, all the way from the beginning of the manufacturing point of the of the goods. Then we teach you how to actually move them on a vessel, move them to your air, all the customs requirements to clear them through customs. So you cannot graduate our program until you import and export a good, depending on your goals and objectives. So that's one program. And that's for beginners, and that's a four-month program. And then we teach what's called the extension to that. And the extension to that has uh, drayage, which is the moving of goods from the port once it gets to the country. Then we teach hazmat, which I'm a hazardous, I'm a hazardous chemical expert. I've worked in chemical for many years. I actually used to support the export of satellites so when and when something wow. leaves our atmosphere it is still an export because it's outside of the atmosphere so satellites have to be launched into outer space which makes that an export so we teach chemicals because all the placarding all the things that has to happen for chemicals to move around the world does not require labor intensive work and often when we hear supply chains from people that are of color it always lends us to think that we're doing some manual labor and we don't have to we just don't have to so in my extension i teach how to take uh hazardous chemicals around the world how to certify that freight and then i also teach how to take a domestic warehouse and convert it into a farmer trade zone so that way your warehouse is on foreign soil instead of u.s soil to help alleviate duties as well and then we also teach a very advanced course called advanced knowledge Advanced knowledge is very high level. So that's how we teach people to optimize on duty. We teach all these different strategies I talk about. Mm-hmm. So that's an advanced course. And then the last thing we teach is how to become a licensed customs broker. So in order to clear freight into the U.S., you have to be licensed through U.S. Customs. And that exam is only given twice a year. There's only 2% of licensed customs brokers in the country that are of color and less than that 2% are black people. The pass rate is often in the single digits, 9%, 7%. It's known to be harder than the bar. So we have a study group of black professionals and minority professionals that need a place to be able to have not just content to read, but a support system as they prepare to take the exam. The exam is only given in April and October and we just just had six students take the October exam, so they're waiting for their results now. And that's the majority of what we teach. And anything outside of that is custom. And then we make custom education programs for businesses based on their commodities. So if you're importing fish or exporting apparel or agricultural goods, we build a supply chain strategy for you, and we customize your coursework for your organization. And now you can see why. And now you can see why the National Black Chamber of Commerce, you know, has aligned themselves with their member, quantitatively, uh, to bring an educational component through Agate Solutions that's going to be valuable to kind of get people, you know, the desire to understand if you're doing business in the United States.
United States uh, if you want to kind of import or export, you need to have some experts uh, part of your Rolodex and then take some, get some information and take some opportunity to get to know who they are. So, so I just want to say again, uh, Shaq, we do definitely appreciate your um, leadership, your knowledge and value you and truly appreciate you. Well, Shaq, let me say this to Frederick, okay? You heard it said many times in your life, I'm quite sure. Uh, it said in the Bible, okay, you, uh, uh, Frederick saved the best to last. And <laughs> in this series of conversations that we've had this month, you know what I'm saying? And I think, uh, I'm sorry I didn't meet you in Atlanta, okay? But we will be meeting very shortly. Uh, uh, as I, as, as, as I, if I'm, I my audience, you know, uh, and if you look at the podcast around the world, uh, that you truly, 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 you know, is, or how you want to put it, it's a gift to the black community, okay, to have a woman of your statue that has kind of uh, created, you know, a kind of cracked you know, the, you know, the code, so to speak. And I said this to my son a couple of weeks ago, that he kind of cracked the seal into a rare area where people of color rarely gets to. And I think he will truly there. Uh, your courses are, are definitely needed, okay, around the country. Uh, around the diaspora, I would say, uh, they were at uh, how you were quickly able to, uh, you know, see the changes there. I'm quite sure that same opportunities up there in this country, and uh, black men can see how you can show them how to, uh, how to, you know, how, what do I put this, how to uh, multiply, you know, and simplify their businesses. Now, having said all that, Jack, uh, I'm happy at this time to bring in our industrial, our famous leader that we have talked about a lot on the program. Good afternoon, and uh, I am so uh, just pleased and happy to have these are two of the strongest teammates you you, you could ever ask for. Uh, uh, yes, we, you know we call it everything from Shack Licious to Shack Diesel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a powerhouse, and um, yeah. you know, it's it's an honor and a pleasure, and I can pick right up and just keep going. But there's so much we can say. One of the things that uh, I have to say is that uh, Shakana Teasley is one of the foremost experts on anything and everything to do with shipping and duties that mm-hmm. we. As small businesses, we have no clue. We we don't know. Thank you. I heard uh, right. I heard uh, Elon Musk talking with uh, President Trump about when we ship a when he ships a Tesla car to China, there's a twenty five percent duty on it. But when they ship a car from China here. It, it, and whatever label or brand, as long as it's assembled in China, when it comes here, there's only a 2.5% duty on it. Wow. And so things of that nature are very much in play because it, when you dare enter the, 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 the realm of trying to do business with somebody in another country, small businesses have have a disadvantage as an individual to try to go in and negotiate against some of these other built-in fees and other things that are prohibitive to the market. Mm-hmm. So we get into a lot of other things uh, that come about. Uh, I will say that 
Shaq stepped up and went to India. Uh, she and Fred led our delegation to India. Mm-hmm. And while Shaq was there, she was able to show their manufacturers simple, mm-hmm. easy things they could do in the way the product is formulated. I mean, the stories just go on and on. And things like a T-shirt with no printing or no words on it is not so much considered a product as much as when you put lettering or put something on it, it changes the, the, the duty and the cost of the way it comes in. And if you don't know these things, you know, and this is another ploy, many of our members have, that have gone on their own, their products get stuck in customs and there is a ploy. There's a, a situation I've heard where the Chinese will give you a huge order and they'll ship it to you or you ship to them and they won't pick it up and they'll leave it there and they'll wait for auction when it's sold for pennies on the dollar and you lose considerably. It's a, it's a strategy. It's a tactic that it's kind of right, like right. if you find a fool bump his head. You ever heard that one? Mm-hmm. They tell oh, you all have. Yeah. We all yeah. Them before, so, yeah. So there's so much to say, and uh, I want to continue the dialogue on these on, on, uh, along this uh, subject matter that we're dealing with. Go ahead. Go ahead. We, we have we have um, Agate Academy, and that's mm-hmm. one of the technical assistance programs and resources that we're going to be introducing to the degree. She's talking about the um, training and the class and what you can get, and you get to take the test. But when you get that certification, you're a beast. You're shackalish. Oh, yeah. And come on to meet and speak with some of her students that have come out of it. They know, their, they know their stuff. It's really. So we're going to be offering that to anybody and everybody that goes with. Once you have been to class, then you're ready to go into the marketplace. And I have to also say, too, that we have a, a, a new nationally, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sure it's going to be soon to be a bestseller, author in uh, Mr. Frederick L. Anderson. Yes, yes, yes. He's written a book, and it's available on Amazon now, about international business and conducting business and a lot of the basics. That is also going to be part of our technical assistance program that the Missouri Black Chamber will be able to offer to its members, its constituents, as well as contribute, because we know certain industries, particularly in uh, aircraft manufacturing uh, and other things that's going on right there, and you've got people sitting there. And so a manufacturer of those same parts likely is a candidate for a, to have a customer in another country. You know, you mentioned uh, 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 well, right now uh, Boeing, which is you know we all know who Boeing is, but right now they're about in the process of building a, a new factory to build a new jet that's that's about to come come along. You know, they did on that, and they're creating about two thousand jobs or more. And uh, and this is a perfect opportunity. But what Jack has shown me, I mentioned to you, you had on you now. I promise in April, okay, I'd like for you to come in and, and, and try to introduce it because right now in this market here, not only for the uh, aerospace industry, but for some of the industry that we have in St. Louis, that uh, we have a lot of blacks that kind of don't, don't have the slightest idea who are trying to do what you, what, what, they, what you're teaching, okay, and they have lost money and opportunities, and, and, and it's been very costly to them. 
And I think, you know, the, your university is open, open the eyes to a whole new world. There's, 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 a, there's a, a 2% shack that, that we're in that industry, probably down to 1%, you know, to be honest with you. So the door is wide open. Somebody's got to step through it, but before you go through it, make sure you got you equipped to go in that, in that area, in that arena. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I just want to elaborate on something in, that uh, Charles mentioned in regard to China. So during the Trump administration, we entered into a trade war with China. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that many black businesses underestimated the impact that they would see in the import and export of goods within the region, especially with China being, you know, huge manufacturer around the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always use this example because it's so relevant. Apple had submitted a waiver to Homeland Security Customs specifically for a waiver mm-hmm. in regards to their products. And, of course, you know, that, that can take forever, right? But they still need to move their goods, and it was impacting their margins greatly because of the volume of the goods they were importing and paying that additional 25% duty. So what right. did Apple do? They moved manufacturing to India. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, wait, but, but why? But why? Not just not why India. Why did that happen? Right? It seems simplistic. Mm-hmm. It seems easy, easy, because Apple is massive, and they have international trade experts that strategizing yeah. for them. As soon as trade shifts in a region, they have an international trade strategy. And strategists and experts that says, okay, this is what we could do, and we could turn this around within the next 30 days, the next 40 days. Most black businesses, one, don't know they need that. Two, they don't know that a track exists. Or they go to large international trade law firms. Well, you don't need a law firm to strategize your international trade, right? You just need them to get you get you out of trouble. So I tell people all the time, I, I feel like I need an attorney to get me out of trouble. Uh, but I need an expert. I, but I need an expert that necessarily doesn't have to be an attorney to strategize to keep me out of trouble. And a lot of biz, a lot of black businesses either filed bankrupt, they went under, or they saw their margins decrease drastically, and they're still trying to find other sources to mm-hmm. import and manufacture those Chinese goods because they cannot afford this additional twenty five percent duty. But I want to oh, make this one much. highlight. I want to make this one highlight. The 25% duty that has to be paid on those Chinese imported products, the country of origin, China, that is Mm -hmm. not only 25% duty. That's 25% duty in addition to the normal duty you was already paying based on the value of your goods. You're adding another 25%. So it's not a flat 25. Who can survive that? Hmm. That's why we... And that's why, as Jack was saying, we need to let uh, our communities know that there are experts that uh, basically can service them. And so they, they can explore these international markets without being totally intimidated because they're organizations like uh, Agate Academy that are training to find people and then people who are professional experts like Shaq that are available, uh, myself, to kind of ease them into the water. Uh, so so we're here. We're here to, to uh, service them. And, uh, that's the whole point of uh, doing business, to make sure you are prevented from having problems opposed to waiting to have a problem. Well, Freddie, I mentioned you guys about, about uh, uh, St. Louis and in Missouri. Presently, right now, we have a problem with uh, the Chinese and we're buying up land here. 
in, in, in the state of Missouri. And now they're trying to, you know, they have bought quite a, quite a few plant, large lots, you know, large you know, pieces of land. And now they're trying, the, the state as a whole is trying to take, the, the, trying to limit them now to buying that land here in Missouri. So I mean, so they're so Chinese always had a had, has a way, like to build here, do things here, but uh, we're wide open here, you know. So, you know, no matter not only we wide open, the whole country is wide open to Jack, to, to what to what you have created here. I'm first going to say, I had to tell you, but uh, it's fantastic what you have done here, you know. And I joined before you came on on the line. Uh, we were telling how you met Jack, you know, and how you know you so you made yourself feel welcomed and wanted. And, uh, and that's how Chuck made people feel that, uh, you know, once, you know, we, we connect with us, you know, you're part of the family, you know, and, and, and that's how we treat you. You're part of the family here. And welcome to the family, Shaq. I have to meet you again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, Tom, so it's your time, so go ahead now. Well, we're looking forward to what what's ahead what's ahead for us and we just know that it is a uh, ever-changing environment that we're doing business in and the i'm going to call it the backdrop so on the headlines of the newspapers and at the forefront we had all this talk about affirmative action and then yeah. about diversity, equity, inclusion, and what did it mean? And nobody, you know, nobody from supposedly what I'll say our side, meaning the people that are impacted by that, uh, mm-hmm. from the uh, supplier side, are we're, we're, nobody that's supposed to be our partners, our uh, advocates, said a word. Nobody's pushing back at all. Nobody's challenging it. The Democratic Party. The, uh, the White House presidential administration, the government uh, buying and supplying, all these mm-hmm. people. And so what it's like, what does that mean? And we could, as small businesses, we could just kind of say, wow, you know, they're just throwing us under the bus. But the mm-hmm. default position was that, well, you know, hold your head up, think about it for a minute, because we weren't really getting that much value out of being grouped as a minority. So now we are saying we're proud, you know, <laughs> it's funny, but we're black and we're proud. It's back to that, you know, it's back it is, to, it is, yeah, it is. we're black and we're proud and it ain't got nothing to do with uh, minority or whether you want to do something nice and give a percentage or whatever. We're like, we are qualified. We're good. We do the business and we're always saying we're, we're out here on the playing field or trying to get on the playing field. Give us a chance, and you won't you won't be uh, disappointed. Then to go along with it, on the consumer side, we're also saying too that you know we're aware, we're a little bit more intelligent now. We see who's doing business with us. You know, you talk about that black dollar and it being spent, or that economic community impact, which is what we're really teaching and preaching as uh, part of the uh, Booker T. Washington uh, uh, strong community uh, philosophy. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are now, and that's where we're bringing our certifications, our accreditations, as well as the technical support and um, and, and delivery. Sound like somebody wanted to say something, so I can get carried away. Okay, so what we're doing, what we're doing is gearing up now. 
uh, a lot of the corporations are done. Uh, it's almost like as soon as Labor Day hit, everybody's looking at uh, the next year. So we're gearing right. up. We've got our, um, and I just mentioned, accreditation. So accreditation means that the association, the organization, or whatever, there we, we offer the best practices of running, particularly a nonprofit. And it could be a chamber or it could be any type of organization. The relationships, the partnerships that you're getting through the National Alliance for Black Business, which is what you experienced uh, in, in Atlanta at our conference, that included the National Business League, the um, National Minority Supplier Development Council. It, it, it involves certainly all of our chambers. And now that the National Alliance for Black Business has moved its headquarters to Tuskegee, we're very much going back to basics and bringing it from the ground up. So the economic, the industrial revolution, the economic uh, development of America was based upon the advantages that slave labor gave uh, through that, what, what is now considered like the black belt, which was the tobacco and cotton industries. You know, that's where all the labor was going. And so it was nothing but profit when you got all that free labor, you know? So, uh, that's what we're going back to, and there's a element of historical black towns and, and settlements, which is right to the point you mentioned about China. We saw in uh, Arkansas, where um, Governor Huckabee, they're kicking, they're kicking co uh, companies out. And if you notice, right, those, right, those right. Chinese companies, they all seem to be within uh, a stone's throw of a military base or some kind of government yes. installation. Yes, yes. You yes. know, there's yes. things going on, and, you know, we look at what's happening with our country overall, and it's a great time to stay woke, be awake, be paying attention, but to also be in the game, be in, be in, be in the moment. That's where we're going with it. But we got a lot of resources, a lot of other things that um, – if you just come forth and say, hey, I need help, we're happy to hear you, to listen to you. And that's one thing about um, about Shaq and, and her company, uh, Agate Solutions, is that she, <laughs> Shaq, I'm going to talk about you, but I know you're here. So <laughs> Shaq puts her love with the people. And Fred had mentioned, Fred didn't tell you the details, but I, I'll go ahead and tell everybody business. You know, when that law firm oh, gets that call that, you know, they're holding up our goods in in, uh, in in the port in customs and duties, and you got big stuff. You got, you know, millions of dollars in that, that 25%, or is it 25% or is it not? It's almost like, uh, you know, a football game or something where we say, well, we need to do a replay. We need to review this call and see what's mm -hmm. going on here. And that's when the law firm says, we don't know what to do or we can't get it done or whatever. And then Shaq will get that call by the law firm. And it just turns <laughs> out that by the time she goes in there, because she's a scientist, you know, a lawyer can go to school and learn everything that's in that book. But unless you're a practitioner in that particular field, they got to call somebody mm -hmm. in to advise them and tell them what and how, what's really going on here. And that's what they call the, out. Call the, call the experts, call the being in the experts. Yeah, but see, the, the corporate, the, 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 the law firm's client, the actual person, a company that's shipping, they don't know enough about Shaq to say, well, we really don't need a lawyer here. We need a, uh, we need a shipping expert. We need a consultant, and we need somebody who understands it. 
And that's what happens where they take that middleman, that law firm, takes the lion's share of the, the monies that are saved. So in this case, we're talking about, you know, $30 million that Shaq earned, but she had a middleman, an agent, in this case, a law firm that is subcontracted and got in there. So our mission is to let corporate society, no matter what country you're in, because it's going both ways, it's things that are uh, going, that we're exporting from America, going into another country, as well as uh, an American, like what you were just describing with Apple and some of these other countries that were, uh, companies that were trying to move things to that cheaper manufacturing. Nike is mm-hmm. a big one. Uh, you know, whenever you hear about this child labor and all that, and what's going on, and does this company have these practices, those are those exact situations where manufacturing is taking place in another country, and they got to bring the goods, the finished product, back into the U.S. And that's another thing that comes up where we have these free trade zones. And you got to understand enough about them and how to use it to your advantage. So those are usually larger companies that are, you know, multi-million dollar operations, but it's easy for a small business to become one of those once you know how to operate the pipeline, the logistics of it. You know, we're talking about all sorts of things like we're talking with uh, Senegal, Uganda, Kenya, mm-hmm. Ghana about uh, flagging a ship, putting a, putting a ship under their own flag or under an American flag. One minute, and gentlemen. Advantages. Okay, so so there's a lot and a lot coming, and you know, the, since Fred has joined us and made it uh, accessible for to to convey the resources of the chamber, we're happy to do that. But we're very much encouraging active participation, proactivation. I'll give okay, a change, uh, folks. Okay. Well, well first of all, uh, Jack and uh, uh, Fitcher, uh, uh, thank you guys. For setting up this such a beautiful uh, month, okay, that we dedicated to this. And I had the idea just to talk to, talk to Fred. Little did I know that I was going to talk to Shaq at the end of the day, okay? So, Shaq, <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to see you out for being part of our program. Yeah, this is lunch with the Rubik's Cube coming on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Um, that's Shaq. So, uh, and get solutions. Uh, that's Mr. Frederick Harris, Mr. Frederick uh, Anderson. His new book is coming. Frederick, what is the name of your book? Like what? Like quick. That's doing business, doing international business, a practical guide and workbook on Amazon. Okay, and that's Mr. Chuck Bow, our, our leader, and who knows all about and what's going on. And now, people understand why I always say Chuck is our global ambassador. He said that for years. Okay, now you're seeing what I was talking about. And on that note, uh, thank you for being a part. A lot of weekends, weekend program, lunch with the Richmond Conference. Thank you for the team. Thank you for us, Scott. Thank you for Reverend Elder Niles. And thank you for my people. Yes, my name is Al, folks. This year's main next week. Thank you so much for Chris again for making this African segment of uh, this month a very, very helpful child. HighPowerRadio.com. This show will be again on Wednesday at 1 o'clock and also at Sunday 1 o'clock. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Have a great weekend.